everyone a happy Thanksgiving, because by the time we come back next week, it's going to be uh, December, and Thanksgiving will be done and over with. So this morning, we're going to be uh, in the book of Matthew again, and uh, my sermon title is this morning is Just a Touch. Someone say, Just a Touch. Just a Touch. And this morning, we're going to continue to look at faith. We've been looking at faith for several weeks now, and we'll continue to look at faith um, this week as well. And last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 15, and what we saw was a Gentile woman, a Canaanite, right? And she earned the title of great faith, you of great faith. And she received this title uh, from, from Jesus, and, and she was able to accomplish great faith when she realized that she all she needed from Jesus was just a crumb, right? Just a crumb. Remember last week? It was just a crumb, just a little bit of Jesus. That's all she needed, and that's what we learned. Just we All we need is just a crumb of faith, just a little bit of Jesus. We don't need the whole loaf. We just need a crumb of faith. That's all we need, just, just a little tiny crumb. That's all she needed was a small portion of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to see another story of faith. Today, we will say, see, faith is just a touch from Jesus, just a small touch of Jesus. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about faith, and there's a, there's a reoccurring uh, a theme, if you want to call it. It's a reoccurring theme, right? And over the last several weeks, that reoccurring theme is this. It's in our scripture text. I mentioned it over and over again. The theme is faith doesn't take much. It doesn't. We overcomplicate it. We make it larger than what it is. But in reality, faith does not take much. Faith might be challenging. Faith may look impossible. Faith may be difficult. It's not the easiest thing to do. But everything that Jesus did, all the miracles, all the healing, everything that Jesus did was done with what? An enormous amount of faith? With a small amount of faith. You know, and, and, it's, and it's repeated in Scripture. And why is it repeated in Scripture? Because he's trying to make a point. He's trying for us to understand that faith is not really difficult. We make it difficult. We do. We make it dif dif difficult than really what it really is. Faith is exactly what Jesus said faith was. Exactly what he said. Over the last several weeks, what we learned about, faith is small. Faith is a crumb. Faith is a mustard seed. Faith is, is five loaves and two fish. And today, faith is just a, a touch. That's all it is. It's small. That's what faith is. And this morning, we're going to be looking in Matthew uh, chapter 9, and then we'll be looking also at the, the book of Mark and the book of Luke because they have some things to say, and it gives us really insight of what's going on in this particular uh, story that we see in our Bible text this morning. But this morning, there's three faith statements that we're going to see in two completely different individuals. One is a child that's 12. One is, a, is, is, a, is an older woman. I don't know how old she is. Two different individuals, two different walks of life, but the three same faith statements. And what I mean, what I, what I want us to learn is their faith statements are our faith statements. What faith says in their life, faith says in our life. And we have to understand that and grasp that and take a hold of it and say, listen, if God did it for them, if Jesus Christ did it for them, why can't he do it for me? And so this morning, there's the three faith statements I want us to see. Uh, hopefully will speak true to your lives and that you can grab onto. And the first one is going to come with a lot of fire and I need, need your help on it. But you know what? It's going it's to be awesome because I love this point here. The first one is found in verse uh, Matthew chapter 9, 
verse 18 and 19. And it says, while he was saying this, a synagogue leader came and knelt before him and said, my daughter has just died. What happened to his daughter? Just died, right? But come and put your hand on her and she will live. Verse 19 says, Jesus got up, went with him, and so did his disciples. The first thing I want you to see faith says, the first statement is faith says, but God. Someone say, but God. But God, amen? The synagogue leader, he has a name. His name is Jairus. Mark tells us this, and so does Luke tells us this. Mark chapter five tells us his name is Jairus, right? And according to Mark and Luke, Jairus approached Jesus to tell Jesus that his daughter was dying. But remember what Matthew said, his daughter already died, right? So follow me with that, uh, uh, that, that uh, concept here, okay? So in Mark and Luke's account, his, if, if he's going to Jesus, to, to have Jesus pray for his daughter, who was dying, if she's dying, that means she still is what? Alive, right? So in Mark's account and Luke's account, this daughter was still living. She was still alive. Now, I don't know by how much she was dying, the word says, but she was still alive. So Jairus goes to Jesus and, 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 and he asked Jesus to come to heal his daughter. But look, let's look, look, look what Luke says in Luke 8, 49. He says, well, Jesus was still speaking Someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader, and he says, your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. So Luke and Mark tells us that Jesus heard this, and in Jesus says, I won't read the scripture, but Jesus says, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. So Jesus overheard what was going on. Jesus overheard the, 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 the person from his house, Jairus' house, saying that your daughter is now dead. Don't waste Jesus' time any longer. It's over and said with, don't do it. And Jesus hears this going on, and he tells Jairus, don't be afraid, just believe, and she will be healed. Let me tell you this, at this particular point, Jesus knew what the situation was. He already knew it. He knew that the daughter was dead. He knew that at this particular point. And Jesus is telling Jairus to believe. Another word for believe is to what? Have faith, right? So he's telling him, don't believe. He goes, believe and your daughter will be healed. You see where that? He says, believe and your daughter will be here, healed. What he's telling him is this. Jesus is saying, listen, I know the situation, but God. Do you see that? I know the situation. I know your daughter is dead, but God. Have faith is what he's saying. Have faith and your daughter will be healed. Amen. That's what we pick up Mark's, uh, Matthew's account. Let's look, look back at uh, Matthew chapter nine, verse 18. Look what Jairus tells Jesus. He says, my daughter has just died. He says, but, you see that word? It's a big but, right? But, he says, come and put your hand on her and she will leave. Uh, sorry, live, sorry, not leave. She will live, my bad. Jairus presents facts to Jesus. His daughter just died. Fact, Right? No change in that. His daughter just died. But he also follows a fact with faith. He followed a fact with faith with the word but. He says, my daughter just died, but God. My daughter just died, but come pray for her and heal her. Amen? That's what he was telling Jesus. Jesus. 
He's telling Jesus, I know what my situation looks like. I know what my, my situation looks like. I know that my daughter is dead. But Jesus, all I need, Jesus, all I want, Jesus, I just need you to come. And I need you just to touch my daughter. Just touch her and she will live. Fact, daughter's dead. Faith, come and pray for my daughter so she may live again. Amen? He knew the facts. He just, this, this, Jarius knew the facts. But he also, what he knew? He knew faith. He knew what faith was. He knew facts, but he knew faith. Facts tell us what is seen. Faith tells us what is unseen. Amen? Fact, we know what facts are. Faith is unseen. When faith comes to pass, that's when it becomes fact. Amen? Let me, you write this down if you want. For every fact in our life, there is a faith to say, but God. For every fact in our life, there's a faith that says, that says but God. You may know the facts in your life. And there's a faith to say, but God. You know what the doctor's report are. There's fact. It's in front of you. It's on paper. It's a fact. You can't change facts. Facts are facts. But there's faith that says, my God, but God can heal me. Amen? That's what, that's what faith says. There's, there's, there's a fact that, that, that says you, you know your family situation. You know the issues are in your family. You know your history. You know what's going on. But there's a faith that says, but God. Amen? You know that. Faith is what is unseen in your situation. You know your job. You know your financial uh, uh, issues. You know your struggles. That's fact. But faith says, but God. Amen? Someone say that with me. But God. But God. We have two, uh, actually, for every one of our realities, there is faith on the other side of that reality. Realities are fact. On the other side of fact, there is faith. We can accept the fact and we can move in faith or we can accept the fact and reject faith. There are two options. We can receive the fact and say, that's fact. I'm not denying that that's fact, right? We can't ignore facts, but we can say, I, can, I, I, I see the fact, but I'm walking in faith. Or we can say, I see the fact, I'm accepting the fact, and I'm rejecting the faith. Choice is ours. We're moving faith, or we're going to reject faith. Facts are facts. The only thing that can change facts is what? Faith. It's the only thing that can change facts. It's faith. Amen? Let me tell you this. Facts said... That somewhere back in the 70s and the UCLA Medical Center that I shouldn't be here today. That's fact. Absolutely fact. In fact, when my, when my father went back to UCLA when he was struggling with ALS and, and, and all his trials and stuff, he went back to UCLA in the early 2000s and they said, we have a Dennis Kingsland here from the 70s. And he said, yeah, that's me. And by the way, your facts said I, I can't have no kids and I have three beautiful kids today. That fact said, you not having kids, adopt. Faith says something completely different. Amen? When we had Haley, we found out the fact said that we should have never had kids. 
right? Facts said we should never have kids. Faith said something completely different, amen? Facts said I shouldn't be in the position that I'm in today at work, but faith said something completely different. Facts said we should have never been in this building, but faith said something completely different, amen? Faith says, but God, amen? It's, 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 it's but God, amen? What is your situation? What is your problem? What is your issue? What is, whatever it is staring right into your face, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, I have something for you. And it's called, but God. You can take that situation and the fact and turn it around and say, but God, but God, amen? Whatever it is this morning, but God. Every statement we may have, every fact that you may face, every issue and every trial and every tribulation and anything you want to add to that can be answered with two words and they are, but God, amen? And I think we forget that. I think we forget that. I forget that. When I face trouble and face issues, there's a faith on the other side that says, but God, but God should again supply all my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Amen? Whatever it may be, but God. Let me, let me point you out with some scriptures here. Joseph, his brother stole him to slavery, right? Joseph says this, you intended in Genesis 50, 20, he says, you intended to harm me, but then there's the words, what up there? But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Saul went and tried to kill David over and over again in 1 Samuel 23, 14. David stayed in the wilderness strongholds in the hills of the desert of Ziph. Day after day, Saul searched for him. And then there's the words, what is it? But God, but God did not give David into his hands. But God, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew 19, 26, he says this, he says, with man, this is impossible, but with God, all things are possible. Amen. Acts 2, 24 tells us that Jesus was nailed to the cross. Who raised him to the, who raised him from the dead? It says, but God raised him from the dead, but God, I don't care what you're going through. I mean, I care, but it doesn't, what it means, I don't care what it may be in the pretense of what it is, but what the reality is, is faith is on the other side and it says, but God, amen? And that's powerful. That is absolutely powerful when you think about it and, and, you, and, and you see fact, but then there's faith. There's faith right there. Let me ask you this. What is your but God statement this morning? What is in your life that you need to say but God? What is it that you need to say, look at facts are staring right at me right in the face, but listen, I serve a higher power that is bigger than my problem and issue, and it's but God. End it with but God. And I'm not telling you end it with a, a exclamation or a whiny point, but God, right? Because we do that time to time too. I've done that, but God, are you serious? No, I mean, it's a, but God, amen? That's what it is. It's a, I'm standing firm on my faith, but God, that's what it is. It's not a questioning, it's an exclamation point of our stating our faith of, but God. The, third, the second thing I want us to see, the third thing, I'm all screwed up here. Second thing, but that's powerful, amen? Amen, Mikey, see, he's, he's 
Verse 20 to 22, he says, Jesus then, just then, a woman who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years came up behind him, touched the edge of his cloak. She said to herself, if I only touch his cloak, I will be healed. Jesus turned and saw her. Take heart, daughter, he said. Your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. A second thing I want us to see about faith. Faith says, keep pushing. Faith says, keep pushing, keep going, keep moving, keep having faith. That's what faith says. I'll tell you this, on the way to Jerry's house, uh, Jesus encounters this woman. He's on his way to go heal the young 12-year-old, right? And here this lady is, bleeding for 12 years, and he encounters her on her way back to Jerry's house. Mark gives us some insight in 5, 26, 27. She says, he says, she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors, had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Luke tells us that no one could heal her. Nobody could heal her whatsoever. Her bleeding issue made her ceremonially unclean for 12 years straight. Meaning if you were unclean, you weren't going out in public. You weren't touching. God forbid you touch anybody. Because at that point, you know, if you made me unclean, I would be probably fighting you. But if you touch somebody, you were made unclean. For 12 years, she lived like this. There wasn't a time where she wasn't bleeding. And therefore, there wasn't a time that she was not, she was clean. She was unclean for 12 years straight. And in her, her only issue is not physical, but her, her issue also is social and religiously. Right? Because that was their culture. She's unclean, don't touch nobody. Because at that point, she touched somebody, even to the clothes. She just touched her clothes. They became unclean for the rest of that day till evening by just touching someone's clothes. For 12 years, she lived in this condition. 12 years. Let me tell you this, because of her physical issue, she should have never been in the crowd that day. She had this issue for 12 years. But you know, we've learned from scripture. She went out and she asked doctors. She spent all her money and then she sought out Jesus, right? What does that mean? It means she never gave up. It means she kept pushing even through the issues, even through the troubles, even through her uncleanliness. She kept pushing for her healing. She pushed under her own ways. Finally, she saw Jesus was in town. And she knew that all she needed was what? A touch. All she needed was a touch. And here Jesus was on his way back to Jerry's house, surrounded by many, many people. And she's in this crowd. And she shouldn't be in this crowd. Facts told her. What did facts tell her to do? Stop. Facts told her to accept her fate. Facts told her to be a reject in life. Go back into your house. Go back into hiding wherever you live and stay there because we don't want you out here. Facts told her that. Faith told her, keep pushing on. Faith said, keep moving. Faith said, keep going. That's what faith said in her life. Amen? She pushed through her physical issue. She pushed through her social issue. She pushed through the religious issues. 
That day when she was in that crowd, she pushed through it all just to touch Jesus. She kept pushing until she was able to touch just the hem of Jesus' clothes. Let me tell you, she was one that found out that all you need is a little. All you need is a little. That's it. She says, if I can just touch his clothes, just, just a little bit of Jesus. That's it. I, didn't, I don't need to interact with him. I don't need to have a conversation with him. I don't need even for him to, to lay hands on me. I just need to touch the him. The little tassels hanging from his, his, his cloak. That's all I needed was to touch the him of Jesus. And I will be, will be well. Little the little bit of Jesus, amen? That's all she needed. When facts said stop, faith said keep pushing. Keep pushing. Let me tell you this too. When, when this happened, you, we have to understand. So Jesus is, he, he, Jarius went in to talk to Jesus, said, Jesus, I need you to come lay your hand on, on my daughter, right? He says, okay, Jarius, let's go. And him and Jairus and all this crowd is walking to Jairus' house. And this woman is somewhere in this crowd. And she reaches out and she touched the cloak in the middle of them walking over to Jairus' house, right? Right in the middle of this. Let me tell you what, Jairus needed to see that. Jairus needed to see that because you know why? Fact was evident in his life that his daughter was dead. In his mind, his daughter is dead. And he needed to see, he needed, he needed to see that healing. He needed to see that, that, that healing. He needed to see that Jesus was able to heal this woman of 12 years. He needed it at that particular point right then and right there. That had to strengthen Jairus. This woman pushed through until she received a touch from Jesus, until she received her miracle from Jesus has to encourage us today, encourages us to keep pushing, keep going in faith, keep looking for the answer, keep reaching out to God, keep moving in faith. 12 years. Well, how long do I have to have faith? A woman needed 12 years. 12 years before she was healed. 12 years. Doesn't matter what facts are. What matters is we keep on pushing in faith until an answer is what? Received. Until an answer is received. Like I mentioned last week, we can stop pushing, which takes no faith, or we can continue pushing, which takes all the faith. And all the faith, what I mean all the faith, I mean a little faith. That's it. Stop pushing, no faith. Continue pushing, continue going in faith. Continue moving in faith. This woman kept pushing. And I'm going to tell you this. Not only did she receive her miracle that day, you know what she was able to be called? Daughter. Jesus called her daughter. That's awesome. He was supposed to be made unclean because she touched his cloak. He could have turned around and said, woman, what did you do? You see how other people viewed me? And he didn't. And we'll get to that in just a second, how, that's, how that portrays out. But he didn't. He didn't. He called her daughter. 
Faith says, keep pushing. Let me tell you this, this woman for 12 years probably felt defeated, rejected. She probably felt hated, but she kept pushing. She probably was tired, but she kept pushing. She was, she was rejected from society and probably felt hopeless, but what did she do? She kept what? Pushing. Frustrated, wanting to give up, 12 years issue, but she kept pushing. Should encourage us today to keep pushing, pushing. Regardless of the obstacles, regardless of the facts, we just keep pushing. Matthew 7, 7, 8, verse, uh, verses 7 and 8 says this. Jesus says, and it will be given to you, seek and you will, I'm sorry, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and, the, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What is he saying? He says, keep pushing, ask, right? He's saying, knock, right? He's saying, seek, what do we do when we seek something out? We push after it. When we knock, right, we're knocking and we're trying to get an answer from something. When we ask for something, we're trying to get an answer back. We keep pushing for that answer, amen? Keep pushing. Faith says, keep pushing, keep pushing. The last thing I want us to see this morning, verse 23 to 26, he says this. This is when Jesus entered the synagogue leader's house, Saw the noisy crowd and people playing pipes. He said, go away. The girl is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After the crowd had been put outside, he went in and took the girl by the hand and she got up. Verse 26 says, news of this spread through all that region. The third thing I want us to see is faith says, ignore the naysayers. Ignore the naysayers. Now, let me, let, me, let me phrase that. There are people in your life that will give you godly wisdom, that will tell you direction and, and will pray with you and come along you. And there's things sometimes that you'll hear that may not line up with what you want to do, okay? That's not a naysayer, that's wisdom. But then there's others that will just hate. That will just hate and come down on you and look bad upon you because they're just, no other word to describe it other than haters, Someone who does not want you to see, go, uh, uh, see you succeed in life. Just a hater. Jarius, let me tell you this. Jarius didn't care what others said about him. He believed in the power of Jesus. He was in, an, in, in a desperate need. And he was unconcerned of what, what everyone else would say. Here he was, leader of the synagogues. He can care less about the Pharisees. He can care less. They were against Jesus. He went to Jesus. He went to the source where he got his, got, got his healing of his daughter. He ignored the people. Someone walked up to Jairus and said, don't bother wasting Jesus' time, Jairus. Your daughter is dead. And he said, I don't want to hear it. I'm continuing on in faith. That's fact, but I got to talk to Jesus. I got to talk to Jesus. I just need a touch of Jesus. I understand what you said and I heard you. Thank you very much. I'm moving forward and I'm not wasting Jesus' time. I'm gonna ask him to come to my house anyways. See what he can do for my daughter. He moved forward in faith and ignored the naysayers. When him and Jesus arrived in the house, they had these quote and unquote mourners there playing pipes. 
And a lot of times in, a, in our tradition, we would think that that's family and friends. No, they, they, they would pay people to come in and like mourn for the, for the dead. So these were paid people sitting there mourning. And when Jesus and, 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 and Jairus walks into the home, what happens? He, say, he tells, Jesus says that the, the, the young girl is sleeping. And what do they do at Jesus? They laughed at him. If he listened to them, Jerry's probably could have said, oh, no, Jesus, you know what? I hear everybody's opinion. This is useless. But he didn't. Jesus could have said to himself, while well, they laugh at us, you know, that's just, it, we lose hope. But he didn't. He continued on. These guys are not people who love this girl. They couldn't can, can care less. Because it, you go from mourning to laughing, you're not a sincere mourner. You were just there being paid, right? Just there being paid. And so they go in and, and, and they, they're laughing at Jesus and Jesus tells them to get out. Get out. And he heals this young girl. Let me tell you, we gotta be careful of who we surround ourselves with. We gotta be careful of who we confide in. We gotta be careful also who we let in to our lives because there's people out there that will tell you no or naysayers or negativities, negative, just pure negative. And you need to reject them in your life. You step out in faith. There's some people, and, and when you step out and you have your but God moment, when you keep pushing in faith, there's gonna be people in your life that say, it's not possible. There's gonna be people in your life that just laughed at you just like they laughed at Jairus and Jesus. There's gonna be naysayers in your life that say that that, ain't can't, that can't happen, that's not gonna happen, that won't happen. And what you need to do is say, you know what? But God, but God. Because I've seen this situation play out over and over again in my life and all I can say is, but God. Things shouldn't have happened Bills shouldn't have been paid. Bonus should never have been received. But God, amen? Somehow, way, God made a way when everyone else said no. Reject what they say. Continue to move forward in faith. I'm gonna end it with this. In Jerry's life, he had a but God moment, Right? He continued pushing in when the facts said his daughter was dead. He continued pushing on to Jesus. And when he walked into his home and everyone laughed at him, he continued to reach out to Jesus and his daughter was healed. This woman with the blood issue for 12 years did the same thing. She tried it all. Every last bit of it, she tried. And she had a but God moment. She kept pushing through the crowd that day. She rejected everyone who said, you're unclean, go to your home. You're not supposed to be welcome out in public. You're, you're doing it wrong. And she continued rejecting all the naysayers and she received her miracle that day. Amen? What does that tell us? It tells us we need to have a but God moment in our life. It tells us we need to keep moving forward in our life. 
tells us that we need to block out because I'm telling you right now, church, and the older I get, the more I hear, we got to block out that negativity in our lives. Block it out. Turn the TV off. Get off of Facebook. I'm telling you right now, just junk after junk after junk. Block it out and keep moving. Amen? Let me ask you a couple questions this morning. What are you going through in your life where you need a but God moment? That's an answer for a question you can answer on your own. What are you going through where you need to keep pushing and going after God and faith? And what are you going through where you need to ignore the naysayers and keep moving forward in faith? Stand with me, church. My challenge to you is this, is keep moving in faith. Because faith doesn't take what? Much. It doesn't take much. I want us, and my goal is to realize that faith is small. Amen? It's just a what? A touch. It's just a crumb. That's all it is. Right? It's just a seed. That's it. It's just a, and we looked at it uh, a few weeks ago, it's just a step. It's all it is. It's small. It's very, very small. So my final question is, what's holding you back from stepping out in your faith? What's holding you back? Is it the naysayers? Maybe you haven't had a but God because you've been accepting the fact and not what's on the other side of fact, which is faith. Or have you stopped pushing and you just accepted? Let's go before the Father in prayer. Lord Jesus, I come before you today, Lord. And I, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your, the examples that you set, Lord. But I pray, Heavenly Father, that we all have that one moment. Lord, whether it be right here, right now, whether it be this afternoon, whether it be tomorrow, next week, whatever it may be, Lord, I ask you that we have that moment when we are faced with something or when we're facing something right now, we say, but God. Right now, church, as our eyes are, are closed, heads are bowed, there's some of us are dealing with things right now. You don't need to vocalize it, but I want you to see in your mind. See that thing you're facing right now. I'm gonna ask you to vocalize this. You see it, and I want you to vocalize the words, but God. But God. But God. But God. But God. Lord, you, you know what it is. You know what we're dealing with. You know our issues. You know our problems. But we serve an almighty God. Today, your church is saying that object, that issue, that problem, I'm standing up to it and I'm saying, but God, in faith, Keep pushing, keep moving.
keep seeing it. We thank you for that, Lord. And as we vocalize it right now, Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you seal it with the blood of the Lamb, Heavenly Father. That as we stand upon your word, that, that when, when the fiery darts will try to come, Lord, I ask you, Lord, as that weapon formed against us, uh, uh, it will not prosper. It was be formed, but it will not prosper. And the fiery darts before they're even, even attacked to us will be put out before the enemy even launches them. In the name of Jesus, I pray. I thank you for that, Lord. Lord, be with us today. Lord, be with us this week, Heavenly Father. Encourage us. Allow your, your word to come alive this week in our, in our hearts, in our soul, in our life. We give you the praise and the glory and the honor for it, Lord. I thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And the church says, amen, amen. I want you to leave here today with one more time, two words, and it is? Okay, but we need to mean it, and so I need you to stand upon it. So say it one more time. Ready? One, two, three. But God, amen. God bless you. Have a good Sunday. We'll see you next Sunday, church.